You are listening to the Science and Soul of Living Well, where we highlight evidence-based tools from psychological science and complementary and alternative medicine to help us all cultivate resilience and live with more meaning, purpose, and alignment with personal values, even in the most stressful and darkest of times. I'm Melissa Mingfoynes, your host, and I am also a clinical psychologist and educator, trauma-informed mindfulness meditation and yoga teacher, and Ayurvedic doula. Welcome, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining me for this week's episode. Episode 34, Ayurvedic Care That Promotes Holistic Healing in Postpartum and Beyond. If you aren't familiar with Ayurveda, I encourage you to check out the prior episode, episode 33, which is called Learning About Yourself Through the Lens of Ayurveda, and it includes some foundational concepts which provide a nice background for some of the information I'll be talking about with our special guest for today. Ayurveda is a deep body of wisdom, a rich and complex holistic preventative medicine system, and it originated in India over 5,000 years ago. One translation of the word Ayurveda means the science of life. And so Ayurveda really focuses on sustainability, longevity, thriving in multiple domains of our lives, in all domains of our lives. Ayurvedic healing modalities include food, nutrition, and spices, specific physical activities, activities, addressing thought patterns and actions, lifestyle practices, pranayama or breath work, meditation, body work including abhyanga or warm oil massage and marma therapy, detoxification practices, daily and seasonal rituals and routines, and much, much, much more. It's also one of the main wisdom traditions that I draw from for the holistic coaching program and I so love and appreciate this wisdom tradition because it's so rich and I've seen it contribute to such powerful transformations in people's lives, including in my own, especially when it is integrated with other tools and healing modalities from other wisdom traditions. So if you're interested in learning more about the Holistic Coaching Program, I'd love to talk with you more about it to see if it would be a good fit and you'd like to apply. You can reach out to me via email, hello at melissafoynes.com or check out the website, melissafoynes.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at drfoynes and am very happy to speak with anyone who's interested. I do have a wait list for spots in 2022, so definitely encourage you to reach out if you feel moved to do so. But before I launch in, just wanted to briefly draw your attention to two free resources. One is a multi-page document workbook called Signs of Perfectionism, a guided self-assessment to help you identify any tendencies or patterns in your life that may be perfectionistic and may be keeping you stuck so you can decide in an intentional way how to potentially address some of those tendencies and patterns. And the second is a free four-part video series integrating science-backed strategies from psychology with complementary and alternative medicine to help you cultivate key pillars of resilience, including body awareness, decreasing your stress response, 
clarifying values and bolstering self-compassion. So I'm really excited to be offering those tools. And if you haven't already, I hope you go check them out. You can find the links in my bio on Instagram at Dr. Foynes or on my website, melissafoynes.com. I am so delighted to have with me here today, Amaya Dupre, who is a board certified Ayurvedic practitioner, massage therapist, and Ayurvedic postpartum doula. She has been helping postpartum mothers fully heal from birth for over a decade. So she has a wealth of knowledge and expertise and passion to share with us today. Some of her works include her published postpartum cookbook, Mama's Menu, Ayurvedic Recipes for Postpartum Healing, which I have a copy of and love and highly recommend, as well as her signature postpartum recovery program, Fully Healed Mama. She also has an amazing blog, which is actually how I found her and connected with her initially, called shaktikare.com. Again, it's such a treasure trove of information and it really offers so many nuggets of wisdom in a really accessible way. So I highly encourage you to check that out if you're not already familiar with it. And she also has a free masterclass, which is focused on fully healing from birth without feeling stressed and exhausted, which to many people seems rather impossible because of the birth experience. So that is another resource that I highly recommend. And there are many things I love about Amea, but I think one is just how palpable her passion is in making postpartum care wisdom available and accessible to everyone. So really, I am just so thrilled to have you here today, Amea. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. I'm really super delighted to be here with you all. Oh, you're so welcome. Amaya, for listeners who may not be familiar with Ayurveda or the role of an Ayurvedic doula, they may not know what an Ayurvedic doula does or what it means to serve as an Ayurvedic doula. I would love for you to share a bit more about your interpretation of Ayurveda as a whole, as well as what it means to you to serve in this capacity as an Ayurvedic doula, because you are both an Ayurvedic practitioner and an Ayurvedic doula. And many people may not be aware that this is really a rare and special combination. So I feel so very lucky to have you here today to be able to speak to these questions and share your reflections in these ways. Yeah, I would love to. So Ayurveda literally means the science of life. So there's an Ayurvedic way to do everything. Um, and basically, they, you have your own personal constitution, which many people may be aware of, like I've heard of the doshas before. Um, so basically, when you break it down, it, there's the five elements that we're working with. So there's ether or space, air, fire, water, and earth. And those can be divided into the three doshas. So that is vata, pitta, and kapha. So vata is space or ether and air. Pitta is fire with a little bit of water. And kapha is earth and water. And so when you are postpartum, 
everyone has a vata imbalance. So there's an imbalance of the air and ether elements. And so that's something that's kind of unusual for Ayurveda because, you know, Ayurveda, everyone has their own unique constitution. So then there's ways to balance your personal constitution with your environment, with your diet, and everything is very specific, which when you're postpartum, everyone has a vata imbalance. So it makes it a little easier <laughs> to deal with in that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and because of this air and ether imbalance um, in this vata imbalance, there are certain factors involved, like, you know, all mamas are really dry after birth and there's a roughness and there's a coldness that need to be remedied. And so there are specific things that we do as an Ayurvedic postpartum doula um, to remedy that situation. And so as far as, what is an Ayurvedic postpartum doula as opposed to like a regular postpartum doula. Um, so we're trained in how to balance the mother. And so we're talking about like getting to the root of the problem, you know, not just, I mean, of course, helping with breastfeeding, of course, and different aspects uh, would be the same because we're supporting the mother after birth. But we're talking about getting really specific and getting into the balancing the root of her postpartum um, imbalance. And so how we do that is with a very healing specific postpartum diet, as well as other things, um, you know, like Ayurvedic postpartum massage um, and using heat in different ways and specific spices and healing food and all of these things. So, um, so the main things of a Ayurvedic postpartum doula is the healing diet, um, whereas like a regular postpartum doula isn't trained in how to actual, you know, heal the mother from the inside out necessarily um, mm -hmm. through working with her digestion and specific healing foods and spices um, that rebuild the system and rebuild the breast milk supply build her tissues and make it so that she is completely healed through food um, and also through oils and massage and other practices and just we're there with her you know about five hours a day if we're doing the full care it's about five hours a day mm -hmm. and um, it includes herbal foods and specific teas and of course amazing delicious <laughs> <laughs> healing food um, that's very specific because there are certain things that um, postpartum mothers shouldn't have with their diet and you know you may think many mamas and many people just think oh well you know they need to have it um you know, like a really healthy diet after giving birth. And so many people think, you know, salads, for mm -hmm. example, would be really good for a mama after birth. And it's actually quite the opposite. Um, salads are very astringent and cold, mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what a mother needs. They need warmth, they need sweet, sour, and salty, they need oils, they need nourishment. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a very specific um, postpartum healing protocol that is just not common knowledge in the West. 
And so an Ayurvedic postpartum doula has this specific knowledge that comes from India, the, you know, the second most populous country in the world that has this ancient healing science of Ayurveda. Ayurveda is, you know, at least 5,000 years old. And so we've been working with this. It's the natural healing science of India. So Ayurveda in general works with herbs. It works with diet. It works with lifestyle um, and you know, other aspects. But this is you know, the basics that we will be working with, um, with Ayurveda. And you know, the Ayurvedic postpartum care model has been around for that long. You know? um, and that's just something that we, we're missing here in the West and especially in America where you know, we are disconnected from our roots most of us mm-hmm. and, um, and our families, they're not together. We don't, you know, people, you know, children move away from their families and we're scattered all over the country or, you know, and beyond. And so there is this disconnect um, that we now experience with uh, postpartum and also in the, the traditional, you know, um, modern medical model, there isn't that, that connect with postpartum care. It's like this black hole in the healthcare system where it's like, you just have the baby and then you go home and you're like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. now you're on your own. Even with, even with home birth midwives, you know, um, it's still kind of like that. I mean, yeah, of course there's like a little bit more care there, but in general, you know, most people don't even just, just don't know, mm-hmm. um, of no fault of their own. And so that's what's so special about Ayurvedic postpartum care. And if you have the amazing opportunity to hire an Ayurvedic postpartum doula is that they have this this knowledge that has been carried, this traditional knowledge that has been working and healing postpartum mothers for literally thousands of years. (laughs) And, um, And so that is very special and that, it's a big difference between a regular postpartum doula and Ayurvedic postpartum doula, um, where we have the ability to help the mother fully heal from birth and also understand and know how to heal the root cause of those postpartum imbalances. So you can become back in balance. And honestly, most mothers (laughs) that get this care are in much better health and much better shape than even before they were pregnant. Mm -hmm. I love so much of what you shared, Amaya, and I think it's such a helpful articulation about some of the differences. I think that postpartum doula care can be so powerful for so many people because it emphasizes that parents, families don't necessarily need to be alone during this time. It it validates that support is such an essential part of healing and recovery in this transition. And something that an Ayurvedic postpartum doula adds above and beyond what a more a non-Ayurvedic postpartum doula might bring is this imparting of this wisdom that can really bring holistic healing. And that also is empowering because as you said, there are certain principles, guidelines that are relevant to everyone in the postpartum period, regardless of their unique mental and physical health constitution. And once you internalize some of this guidance, 
it can really be an anchor and can structure some of your decisions and practices during this time. And I think even hearing about certain pranayama or breath practices that can be helpful during this time of lots of vata or certain ways to approach how you might meditate or engage in your day-to-day activities. I think it, it can just be really empowering to have that knowledge. And like you said, to understand what is off balance. So then you can then take the steps towards coming more into balance. I think there is just something really powerful about recognizing your body's and mind's ability to heal itself with the right kind of support and the right kind of wisdom. So I love that it, it truly is holistic in the full depth and breadth and meaning of that word. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to start with hearing a bit more about why this particular passion and mission? What was it that led you to this path of not only Ayurveda, but Ayurveda during the postpartum period in particular? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess how it just originally started with Ayurveda was many years ago. Um, You know, I was 19 years old and I happened upon a book about Ayurvedic food combining. I mean, I'm honestly not even sure what the book was now, but the idea of food combining and healing with the spices in your kitchen was the thing that like got me hooked and like Mm -hmm. really interested. And so, you know, that sparked my interest. And it was only a year later when I met my Ayurveda teacher, Alec Nandama in Boulder. And so I immediately started um, going to their spiritual programs at their ashram there. And, um, and then within a year, I was studying Ayurveda with her. And so originally, I started as a, um, I was on the Panchakarma track. So that's like the Ayurvedic detoxification process. And, um, and so that involves like a lot of body therapies. Mm-hmm. And so that's also how I um, became a massage therapist where I wanted to be, you know, absolutely legit <laughs> with, my, <laughs> with, you know, putting my hands on someone else's body and doing massage and different therapies. So mm-hmm. um, that's originally how I started. And during that process of when I was studying Ayurveda, I got pregnant with my daughter. Now, granted, I was pretty young, I, you know, I was 21 when I got pregnant. And so I did have some Ayurvedic understanding, but when it came down to it, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, had about a year of Ayurveda under my belt when I had her, um, but I didn't have any specific information about postpartum care. So there were certain things I, I was doing and I kind of knew, um, you know, I had a really difficult birth experience and, um, and my daughter had a really bad colic, you know, and it was kind of a disaster. And um, so actually, when I was three weeks postpartum, I had a friend come over to give me a massage, thank bless her heart. <laughs> and, uh, and she was actually an Ayurvedic postpartum doula. And so she gave me, you know, the traditional Ayurvedic postpartum massage and yes I'd only had maybe one massage in my life before that point but it was amazing and 
after that, you know, she was like, why don't you, you know, she told me about her teacher and why don't you, you know, do this Ayurvedic postpartum work? So it kind of like planted the seed back then. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that moment I was just had a baby and, you know, just, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. overwhelmed with life. So, um, you know, that seed slowly grew over time. And basically what happened was I was just doing my, you know, body treatments and postpartum, or I'm sorry, my uh, karma work for many years. But I knew about this teacher, Isha Oaks, and she was the only one teaching um, Ayurvedic postpartum care and how to become like a Ayurveda only one in the country and um and so then she at this point I was living in California and I saw that she was coming and doing a training in our neighborhood (laughs) um so that is so that was in 2011 and so that is when I did the training and what is so great um about the postpartum for me especially with my previous trainings it's very similar even though it's it's different, but it's also really similar to doing the panchakarma detoxification um, because it, it has to do with the Ayurvedic massage, um, postpartum care, that is. It has to do with, you know, cooking, healing food, which is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and combining that with my personal experience of like having a really hard time recovering from birth it took a long time. And for many mothers, it takes a lot longer. I would say it probably took me eight months to recover. Um, and, you know, my, my teacher, postpartum care teacher, Isha, who is now passed on, um, I remember when I told her that, that it took me eight months to recover. And she was like, actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's kind of the like sad reality of, um, you know, our modern society and, and, you know, kind of mothers, I feel like are just kind of left to their own there's just there's not you know as she said a long time ago postpartum care is like the black hole of the healthcare system you mm-hmm. know and it's like what you get you know one appointment <laughs> with your doctor six weeks after you had the baby you know it's like there's so much that goes on during those first six weeks mm-hmm. so much healing that needs to happen that um that that's it's I'm really passionate about that work and there is so much wisdom to be had. And it's just something that our modern society doesn't have mm-hmm. like the traditional um, systems like Ayurveda, like Chinese medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just, it's in my heart and this is just something that I can offer to the world and that the world really needs because if we can heal our mothers then we can heal, heal our entire society. I love hearing you talk about how this all unfolded for you and all of these different elements that came together to create the the stepping stones for your path, even when you were starting and talking about Ayurveda and how you were drawn to Ayurveda because of this idea of using what's in your kitchen. And that's something for me personally that has drawn me to Ayurveda is this idea of making it accessible, that it doesn't have to be fancy concoctions of things, that you can literally look at your kitchen cabinet or stock your kitchen cabinet with things that you can find in the grocery store. Of course, there are some things that are harder to find in maybe a traditional grocery store, but that's the idea, is that it is meant to be accessible and 
I also love how you highlight some of the cultural messages and pressures that get created that are not necessarily connected to some of these ancient wisdom traditions or practices, how in in American culture or many aspects of American culture, we're so much more focused on the infant rather than the birthing parent. Like you said, there is typically a six week visit for the birthing parent, but for the infant, there's often a week follow-up or a follow-up every couple of days, depending on how things are going and how that sometimes implicitly sends the message that the infant is more of a priority than the birthing parent or needs more attention and how there's also this sort of pressure to expedite the healing and recovery process. And so we have a misconception about how long that healing takes and what healing even means. It's, it, of course, it involves healing of the physical body, but there being so many more elements to what it means to heal other than, than just the physical aspect. And, and the other thing I just want to highlight that you mentioned too is Ayurveda being one of many different wisdom traditions that promotes the importance of this sacred window after birth and this sacred window really being a time to nurture the nurture the birthing parent not just the infant as well as foster that connection between the parent and the baby or or babies and I I remember reading when I was finishing up my Ayurvedic doula training an article that was a review study and I think they looked at over 20 countries and 51 studies and found that in all of these countries and studies, there were commonalities that helped promote positive health effects in families and facilitated the transition into parenthood. And they included things like support for the birthing person and periods of rest and specific foods that could promote or hinder recovery. And so it's just interesting to think about how common this is in so many cultures and places, yet isn't often something that is lifted up in the same way in our culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, Amea, what do you see as some of the key pillars of healing, according to Ayurveda, that you like to share with parents in this postpartum period? Okay, uh, sure. Well, I mean, you can kind of sum it up. I mean, something that I've kind of developed, um, you can kind of sum up, the, I would say five pillars. Mm-hmm. The way to remember them, honestly, is let's see, eat, heat, sleep, love, and repeat. <laughs> That's like <laughs> my little thing. I love it. <laughs> so eat being postpartum diet, right? Mm-hmm. So there is, in Ayurveda, there are specific foods that are promoting postpartum healing and rejuvenating your body and upbuilding your tissues and making you feel amazing again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there are certain foods that are more like cleansing, for example, or just like degenerative also, um, that foods that are not going to promote your healing. And so we just kind of need to differentiate between what those foods are and what those spices are and what those oils are and all of those things. And so food can be, and really is a huge part of postpartum healing because that's 
we need to nourish our bodies, then there's specific healing foods that can do so. Um, so eating a healing postpartum diet is a really big deal. Um, and also it can help with, you know, making great quality breast milk supply and avoiding colic, which I highly recommend, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and all of those things. So um, giving you the energy that you need, as well as having enough for both, both you and your baby, if you're mm -hmm. breastfeeding. Um, so you don't get depleted or your baby, you know, you don't, whether it's in your energy or whether it's like not having a strong breast milk supply or whatever. Um, and so eat and then heat. So basically after you give birth, um, your body, you, it takes so much energy giving birth. It doesn't matter how you give birth, if it's vaginally or C-section, the same story <laughs> is for everyone. And so your body grows cold. And so you really need to regenerate heat in your body, both internally and externally. Um, so internally, an easy way to do that is with like really heating uh, spices and just like always having warm water and always having like warm food and like warm soupy food with lots of digestive spices. It's kind of like where you should be starting. And then externally with, you know, hot water bottles and having a warm room and that kind of thing, um, warm heart. <laughs> so <laughs> just having that heat, you know, um, is crucial for your postpartum healing. So, and then eat, heat, love. So I like to say love, um, kind of what I mean is oil, um, because in Ayurveda, the Sanskrit word for oil is sneha, and that actually means love. And I, that's something that I feel like in this culture, I mean, one of many things, but um, is like, you know, you hear a lot like drink lots of water after birth, which is necessary, but it better be warm. <laughs> no ice water, <laughs> definitely no ice water. Um, but oil is actually when you, you, you know, it really nourishes your tissues and will cure your, you know, constipation and dry lips and, you know, just feeling completely depleted in your body. And it's just, it's amazing what oil does. And so doing oil internally, just with extra oils in your food, as well as externally in the form of um, oiling your body, like a, whether it's self-massage or whether you have the amazing benefit of having like an Ayurvedic postpartum doula massage or something, um, but just getting that oil in your body every day it will, you know, penetrate all the cells of your body and help you really feel amazing. And it also gives you that, what I think of as like a layer of protection, because you're really, really sensitive after you give birth. And that's why it's really recommended to stay home and not be like, you know, trying to show how strong you are by like going out and going to the grocery store or whatever. Um, it's really best to like rest and nest at home for like the entire six weeks. And also putting that oil on your body is like putting that layer of protection on you. Um, and I also recommend that for the baby, like in baby massage or, you know, I recommend that, but also even just putting uh, the warm oil on your baby's head, top of your baby's head, just to kind of seal that like very sensitive energy, mm -hmm. you know, being there, their head is just still, still open and sensitive. So that really can help just ground and the oil is so grounding and you know, it may seem disconnected, but it's not. And it's amazing what the difference of oiling every day does to you. Mm -hmm. after birth. 
Um, so that's, you know, eat, heat, love, sleep. So obviously <laughs> we all need as much rest as we can get. Um, so sleeping when your baby sleeps and, you know, trying to limit visitors so that you have your, you're getting that rest that you need and, you know, setting up healthy boundaries um, around your healing and your rest. Um, you know, because if you have lots of family and friends coming over and they just want to hold the baby and talk your ear off or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it just needs to be like you set good boundaries. And if you do have visitors, just, you know, a, a specific time, you know, that works for you and your family in the day and um, just keep it limited to like 15, 20 minutes. And, um, and then if they want to help you, if they want to hold the baby, maybe you can take a bath during that time or you can take a nap or do something for yourself so that you can, you know, help further your, um, your healing and, um, your (laughs) saneness. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, trying to do whatever you can to get as much rest as you, as you need. And by following those other steps, um, you will be getting more rest. If you're, if you're eating good and if you're getting that oil on yourself and, if you're snuggling a hot water bottle on your belly and your back and you're listening to some, you know, relaxing music or yoga nidra meditation or something, and you're just going to fall asleep, (laughs) 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 which I recommend. Um, Yeah. So other than that, just repeat, right? So um, routine is very important for many reasons and it'll just, it will help everything settle and ground in your body and in also in your mind, and you won't have to like ever be in your mind, like, oh, what do I do next kind of thing? It'll just, you know, you'll drop into the routine. It's really good for you. It's really good for your healing. It's really good for the baby. And um, yeah, so <laughs> those are my five pillars of postpartum uh, healing. I love that. I, that's such a great summary of such complex wisdom. I mean, Ayurveda just has so many layers of wisdom and so much to offer. And I, I love acronyms. I love short ways to remember things. So this is, this is great. And while you were talking, I was wondering about working with parents who are very much on board with these principles and ideas as integral to promoting healing in this period, yet are also feeling pretty stressed and overwhelmed and in a bit of a survival mode and how you work with families or parents in figuring out how to integrate these practices into their lives in a way that doesn't feel burdensome that of course doing some of this does take effort but I I think sometimes understandably so because this period can be so tender and overwhelming it can feel intimidating and daunting to figure out how to do things that might be different than how people are used to structuring their lives yeah well support is key I mean that's the truth of it Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it just depends on how I'm working with people. So if I'm actually physically with them, um, doing doula work, then they have me mm-hmm. <laughs> support. Um, and so then I'm there to, you know, help them in whatever way. And I am taking a lot off of their, uh, 
you know, the overwhelmness out of the equation. And there mm-hmm. is a, there is a noticeable difference, you know, significant difference of when I'm available to be there for them and when I'm not, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> it makes a huge difference. And, you know, so getting, getting the support that you need is crucial. Um, so some things that I recommend um, in general, one easy thing you can do um, is, you know, whether I do this actually for my in-person doula clients, but I also recommend it um, in my online program, and that is making mixes. Mm. So um, as far as food goes, you know, like I highly recommend having a programmable slow cooker around. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love the Vita clay because it's it's made out of like terracotta unglazed clay, and it you know parts mm. minerals, and it's very organic, and I and I like it because it's um, it's not a pressure cooker, but it's not a slow cooker. It's kind of in between, you know, where mm. it take, you know, for example, um, you know, cooking kitchery or something like mung, little mung beans and rice, you know, takes like an hour and a half, <clears throat> two hours, which for me, when I'm cooking for someone that works because I'm like doing all this other stuff. Um, so, you know, it's like a two hour thing instead of, I don't know, um, or if like, black beans or something you know it's just I like that um also you know instapelts are great too they're fine um but the point is is having some sort of programmable cooker around and then making pre-made mixes so I'll make for example um breakfast is always an issue (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially it's funny because I you know I tell my clients if I'm doing you know in-home care they should take care of their breakfast and then I'll get there and take care of everything else, but they rarely do. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're just overwhelmed with everything else and then they're not eating and all of this. So making um, pre-made mix, two things um, I recommend. One is just like a, you know, wheat farina or semolina mix. It's kind of like, I made it kind of similar to like a cream of wheat, you know, from like when you were a kid or something. So um, but I add like crystallized ginger because you, you know, you don't really want to mix fruit with it at this time because your digestion is so sensitive, but like some crystallized ginger and spices and some, you know, sweetener, and then you have your mix and then you can like cook it super quick in like two minutes or whatever. Um, and then it's done. Or, you know, for those who don't eat wheat, like a quinoa flakes, those are basically instant. So I like making that kind of mix and then also mixes with, um, so mung dal which is split peeled mung beans and they're yellow little tiny lentil looking things they're like incredibly nourishing and um they're I would I call like vegetarian chicken soup you know like a a kitchery which is made with that and rice is I call vegetarian chicken soup (laughs) or even if you that's what it is to me (laughs) and um yeah and also if it's just the split peeled mung so I highly recommend using that during the postpartum period and I'll make mixes for mamas for the, um, with, you know, very healing spices and, and that. And so if I'm not there, for example, for whatever reason, um, then they can, you know, throw that or have somebody that doesn't know how to cook or whatever <laughs> throw it into the slow cooker and it will, or the pressure cooker and then it'll be done really quick. Um, but you know, that kind of thing, I really recommend whether, you know, if you can, 
if you're going to do that on your own and you're preparing for a birth, then that's ideal. And then you can make those mixes or have people make them for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a way um, for people to contribute in a healing way for you or whatever. So, um, so that is something that helps Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, because the thing is, is if you don't have your support system in place, whether that is hiring or your doula, whether that's having a meal train, um, you know, with friends and family, whether that's having your mom cook for you or, you know, whatever, um, things can get pretty stressful pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to have that support system in place as much as you can. And um, yeah, and so... Is that answering the question? Or it is. I started losing yeah, no, myself I, in speaking. It's super helpful. It's super helpful, Amaya. And I really, really appreciate you lifting up this support point because I think, again, some of our cultural conditioning for many people in the U.S. is one of kind of trudging through on your own and th- there isn't I think often there is more of a focus on pregnancy and labor rather than postpartum. And so people spend a lot of time thinking about their birth plan and who's going to support them at the birth or their, they feel support maybe more during pregnancy. Of course, I'm making a huge generalization, but I, I think culturally that is true for many people. And I just encounter so many people who will say, I just didn't realize how important the postpartum period was, or I didn't plan so much for the postpartum period. I don't think that's anyone's fault. I think really culturally, we have room to grow in terms of recognizing the importance of support in this period. And I think the more we can plan ahead for postpartum in the same way that we might plan for a pregnancy or birth, the better. And, And like you said, I think too, there's an opportunity to really shape people in our support network towards the kinds of things that would be most supportive. So if someone is willing to cook, letting them know, hey, I'm trying to eat these kinds of foods in postpartum. I've heard that that can really promote recovery. So just sort of sprinkling in a little bit of awareness about what you're doing, what your intentions are for this period, I think can help people know how to support you. So if they are participating in a meal train, they are making the kinds of foods that are going to support you, for example, or even what you mentioned earlier about boundaries. I think this is another aspect of postpartum, the postpartum time that often isn't really tended to in our culture and the way that it is in other cultures, people expect to come immediately often and visit with families and to stay for long periods of time. And so again, I think it can be somewhat easier to set a boundary when you're sleep deprived and recovering if you've set the expectation in advance with people that you're going to take some time to bond or you'll have short visits or like you said whatever boundary you feel that you need to support you sometimes communicating that expectation in advance can be helpful and and of course there may be people who are disappointed and upset by that but i think the more you can connect with your 
reason for why this is important to you. I think the, the, I don't want to say easier it can be to set the boundary because it can be challenging to set boundaries, especially when people are not so receptive, but I think it can help you feel more committed to maintaining it. If you're really connecting with your deeper sense of why this is important to you and your family to just have that foundation to source from when you are having some of these conversations, which can be difficult with people. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Setting the expectation in advance is ideal because mm-hmm. then people just, they understand where you're coming from and, you know, there you can avoid any sort of hard feelings or anything like that. So I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. And I do also want to touch on what you were saying just about how, you know, it's so true. I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes that mamas make and it's not their fault, like you were saying, but just like preparing for the birth, you know? and not even thinking about postpartum. And I feel like, um, yeah, that's like a very much a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and especially for first time mamas who don't know what to expect, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're just so excited, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like preparing for the birth and that's all they can think about, which is totally understandable. Um, and something that I've, you know, had experiences, but then So if you don't prepare for postpartum and then you're there and then you're like, oh my God, this is so (laughs) hard. And then you're just overwhelmed and it can be really hard to do anything about it at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's okay. And just also know that like, if you don't get a grip on your postpartum healing in the first six weeks, it's not over for you. Mm -hmm. You Like you can, you're still like, you can still get your healing back. Mm -hmm. You know, I still, I mean, I have, I work with mamas and, you know, I have mamas in my fully healed mama program that are over a year postpartum, Mm -hmm. you know, and because something that's important to understand is when you give birth, it's, you know, you know, it is, it's a trauma on the body. It is, absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Real about that. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a really big deal. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how you give birth, whether, you know, you have a surgical procedure, a C-section, or you're giving birth vaginally, it's a trauma on the body and Mm -hmm. it needs time to heal. And so um, something that I like to think of is like, when you give birth, it's like a crossroads for you. It's like a reset button. Mm -hmm. Every time you give birth, it doesn't matter how many times, but every single time you give birth, it's a reset button on your health. And it's a chance for you to be reborn because on some level you are reborn every time. And so you have an opportunity, an immense opportunity of healing during that time. And, um, and so you have that chance to rejuvenate your body entirely. And whether it's, you know, right after birth, of course, that's ideal, but whether it's not, whether it's three months later or four months later, when you're like, whew, wow, that was like so intense and hard and I'm still struggling. So what can I do about this to get my energy back? You know, cause that's like something that I hear mama say all the time is I'm just like, so exhausted, you know, or like, all I want to do is be present with my baby, be present with my partner, be present with myself. Mm-hmm. And I just can't because I'm, you know, whatever, like my tailbone hurts there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so drained. I'm dragging myself through the day every single day or, you know, whatever. And just, I want you to know that it doesn't have to be that way. And you mm-hmm. can fully heal from birth, even if it's past that six week window, even if it's, you know, eight months or 
a year after you've given birth, it's not over for you. And mm -hmm. I just, I really want to bring that point home that you still can make that full recovery and feel amazing again. I, I love that you are emphasizing this because I think it's so common for people to internalize this message that something's wrong with them if they missed that window, as you said, in the early postpartum period, or they're still struggling several years after their birth experience. And I think that is something that I love about Ayurveda is that there is this message that healing is always possible and within reach. And so I think this is so important to, to highlight that it's, it's never over, that there's always time. And there are also different iterations of the healing process too, I think, in especially if there's been something unexpected that's happened or an additional trauma on top of just the trauma of the body, like if there's a birth injury or a perineal tear or some kind of loss of an infant or mistreatment by some kind of care provider. I mean, there are just so many different layers of trauma that can happen, unfortunately, in, in the throes of this process, which can add to the the pockets of healing that need attention. So I think really just taking this holistic approach of what we need to physically heal as well as what we need to heal in terms of emotionally, spiritually, in terms of relationship and connection, because I think we, we do internalize some of those messages about how, how far along we are. Like you said, to even hear from one of your mentors, oh, eight months, that's actually really great because I think people have in their minds that there's some, um, I don't know, period of time in which healing needs to take place. And one of, one of my Ayurvedic teachers said something once about how when there is some kind of imbalance in the body, mind, or spirit, or all of the above, it can take at least sometimes double the amount of time to heal it as the imbalance has been present. And so if we think about the journey of birth being, you know, 10 months or more, and, and maybe longer for people who are experiencing infertility or having trouble getting pregnant, that, you know, that, that means that healing could take two years. And I, I don't mean that in a pessimistic way, right? It could be shorter, but I think just to take the pressure off of ourselves to expedite the healing so that we can really give it the time and attention that it deserves. Yeah. I love that. What you're saying, like that, take the pressure off of yourself. That is mm -hmm. something that I feel like, you know, we could all use, but mamas, especially. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, the pressure to be present can create so much guilt too. If, if you are having trouble connecting with your infant or infants or self or other people in, in your life, when there is that expectation that you need to be recovered, it just can create so much angst internally in a way that is kind of goes against this love principle that you were pointing out, which is about this way of nourishing ourselves through oil massage, but also about, I think, 
compassion for ourselves and nurturance towards ourselves in more of an emotional way. At least that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> so you can correct me if yeah, that's- for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> the oil massage was just one point. Of example, it. <laughs> yeah. example, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to misrepresent your yeah, yeah. <laughs> your pillars. <laughs> well, so Amaya, while we work towards wrapping up, I have two questions for you. One is I want to give you the opportunity to lift up anything that we haven't touched on that feels really compelling to you or close to your heart that you want to make sure we share before we wrap up. And the second is more about if you had some kind of ability to create a cultural shift or enact some kind of vision with with the movement of a magic wand, what would you love to see when it comes to post the postpartum period or supports for parents? Just anything um, that you feel passionate about given your work? I would really love to see the level offered to women in our culture and our healthcare to be lifted up substantially, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like in so many ways, you know, women are marginalized. And I feel like this is like a really stark example of that, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, they're not, it's just, it's a frustrating part for me, you know, where I just really want and all women and mothers and women going through the birthing process, like really deserve like the best care mm-hmm. possible and really deserve to know, you know, to be empowered to heal their bodies after birth. And that is just not something that we have right now. And that's like, my mission, I guess, is to do that as much as I can is to just, you know, with my blog and with my program and just trying to make this postpartum wisdom accessible for everyone and empower mamas to be Mm -hmm. able to fully heal from birth from their own home, you know, because there's so many things. It's mostly just that, you know, like using food and spices and Mm-hmm. boiling your body and like all of these things you can do that yourself mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't have to pay an are you doula thousands of dollars mm-hmm. you know you don't and you can still get the benefit and if I could wave a magic wand I would have it so that natural postpartum care wisdom was in the forefront of everyone's mind and mm-hmm. was a part of our society I love that vision and I, and I share so much. Um, I just align so much with what you shared in terms of recognizing the aspects of our system that disenfranchise women and other birthing parents and, and don't culturally support people in the postpartum period in the way that they need to really flourish and thrive and So I think even when I reflect back on my own experience, I just so wish I knew then what I know now. And I I think so much of my own experience would have gone so differently. And just remember a lot of the more traditional allopathic advice about certain things that I think was actually not helpful. And I, I don't necessarily mean that in a judgmental way. It's more just that it, it came from a 
different tradition and it wasn't sort of integrated with some of these other perspectives in a way that was truly holistic and really taking the whole picture into mind. And so I do think that if some of these other forms of wisdom were more integrated naturally into our medical systems, it would help spread and disseminate this information because I think a, a lot of people don't don't have access and aren't aware. And that's one reason why I love your work, <laughs> that you're so committed to sharing it with, with other people. And I'm wondering too, for people who are listening, who may not be parents or have, are acutely in more of a postpartum window, which I know is also hard to define, <laughs> but if you have thoughts about concrete ways that people can help realize this vision of helping empower people in the postpartum period, helping people just be more aware of some of the kinds of practices and tools that can really promote balance and overall wellness and healing. I don't know if you have thoughts about ways that we can all support each other and work together towards creating this kind of shift in our culture. Right. Yeah. I mean, even just the simple question, if you have like a, a pregnant friend or a family member in your life of just actually asking them, you know, what is your plan for your postpartum recovery? Have you thought about it? Mm -hmm. Do you know resources, you know, and just like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're starting to understand the importance of postpartum healing, then um, yeah, just really connecting with that person and, you know, helping them understand that it really is important and it really does make a difference in their own healing. It also can make a really big difference in the health of the relationship. There's just so many things that go into it. Um, so, you know, you could always also, if you were going to be supporting that person, um, my cookbook mama's menu for sure. Like it'll take you step-by-step step through the different phases of healing and, um, foods that are appropriate for particular days postpartum and everything. Um, so, you know, bringing them healing foods from that cookbook, for example, or um, turning them on to my blog, Shakti Care, uh, are, are ways, or reading my blog, Shakti Care, mm -hmm. yourself and like sharing that around, you know, mm -hmm. um, just to kind of get the information out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my suggestions. Yeah, I think those are great, really concrete ways that we can all support each other more. And I think as you as you were talking, I remember reading something of Isha's and Isha was not one of my teachers, but I am familiar with her work. And she wrote something like 42 days for 42 years. And this idea that when we invest in promoting healing and wellness in this sacred window of these weeks after birth, we're really investing in longevity and vitality across our lifespans, not just for the birthing parent, but for the whole system. And like you said, that doesn't mean if you're outside of the 42 days, it's too late, but committing to this healing in some way, shape or form at some point in time is beneficial, not just in the short term, but in, in the long term as well. 
Yeah, correct. It doesn't, the 42 days, it doesn't have to be the first 42 days, <laughs> but committing to 42 days. And that is something that I'd like to say, you know, as like some final words is something that is really important. Something that we really need to know is that mothers, <laughs> that you mamas out there need to listen to this is postpartum care isn't a luxury. It's mm -hmm. a necessity. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to give you permission to really put, you know, absorb that idea into yourself and to know that like you deserve this, you need this, you are your baby's mama, you know, like you need to be there. You know, I feel like there's a, every mama goes through the same worry, you know, anxiety about like, oh my gosh, like, well, what will happen to my baby if something happens to me? Mm -hmm. what, what if something happens to me? in the best way that you can ensure in your control that nothing happens to you is if you take care of yourself, you can be there for your baby. I think that's a lovely note to end on because I think many people do consider it a luxury and I absolutely agree with you that it's, that it's essential and that it's important for us to reshape that narrative about what we need and deserve in this this period. And I also think too about what we're modeling for future generations. I often think about that myself a lot as a parent. What am I showing my son? What values am I instilling? Am I, am I really living out this value of self-care and balance and presence and not working myself into a grind and aligning my, my words and my actions. So I think it's, as you said, it benefits us. It helps give other people permission to do the same. And I think it also helps us shape future generations towards a different model. I mean, hopefully we don't have to wait generations for there to be a more profound shift, but yeah, I think it's a really important note to end on. So Amaya, thank you so much. I wish I had four more hours with you <laughs> to continue to <laughs> pick your brain and hear more. But again, I just so appreciate you taking the time and sharing from your heart about these themes that are so important to you. And I just, I want to thank you for just being such a light in the world and serving not just your clients, but all of us with all of these incredible resources that that exists in the world from you so thank you so much yeah it's really been a pleasure to be here with you melissa and thank you so much for having me you're so welcome thank you for listening to the science and soul of living well if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe share it with others or leave a review and if you'd like to reach out or connect more, I would love to hear from you. So please check out my website or follow me on Instagram. To find me on Instagram, you can search for Dr. Foynes. That is D-R-F-O-Y-N-E-S. And to learn more about me and connect via my website, you can visit melissafoynes.com. That is M-E-L-I-S-S-A-F-O-Y-N-E-S.com. Thank you so much for carving out the time to join me this week and I look forward to having you join next.